Hello and welcome to Gamer's Table, a podcast discussion of tabletop role-playing games, war games, movies, books, and various other game-related topics. Be warned, this show contains explicit material that may not be suitable for all audiences. Hello and welcome to Gamer's Table. My name is Eric. This is Mike. This is Dan. I'm Venus Flytrap. And this is Aaron. We'll just have to cut this is Mark in, I guess. <laughs> yeah, actually, no. Uh, I'd rather be Venus Flytrap. Being Aaron now is going to totally throw everybody off. He's always been referred to as Woodside. No, Eric's <laughs> called me Aaron once. Yeah. Once. And he's actually labeled as Aaron as part of the cast. Oh. So, yes, we actually have uh, an Aaron sighting today. Yes. Which is a rare treat. He's a ringer. He's a ringer. <laughs> he's something. He's a faux Woodside. <laughs> I like the, you said I was the backup for Jason. <laughs> yes, Jason's backup. This week, we're going to talk about... Uh, tabletop wargaming, which is something that uh, we don't do very often, but we do have we have done it in the past, and uh, some of us way in the past, like yeah, myself, right? So, and you know, we have you know some will will continue to keep playing it, and some will not. It is my first love. Yeah, who's not Re- going to keep keep playing it? Me, Senior oh. Mark. But we knew that already. Yeah, <laughs> no, but yeah, it's a. I think next to crack, it's the second greatest money suckage that you can get into. <laughs> some of some worse than others. Yeah, GW has a tendency to uh, like to milk every last penny out of your wallet. Right. That's and why they, I've personally, uh, after reading uh, internet lists and builds lately for like the competition scene, I've started calling it Wallet Hammer. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to compete, you got to put some cash into it. Okay. Topic over. <laughs> We're done. Thanks for Enough joining said. us. All right. Well, so recently in Games Workshop, they switched over or they started this whole new line where they use the some, some new resin that they have. Big thumbs down. Yeah, really, I that. thought the quality of them they're gorgeous, but no, uh, they're, they have a lot of miscasts. Yeah, there's a lot of that bubbling miscast that you get in resin miniatures. Not to mention their formula; it wasn't tested in warm climates because there were just there was a whole thread that I saw online of people who left stuff in their car is completely <laughs> fucking ruined. Yes. Oh wow! And not even on days like we have today. Like so it's I mean the the detail is great if, if you, you get, get a, a good, good cast. <laughs> yeah, if you get a good cast, and then it I mean. They're more for show pieces, but right. they break so easily too. I bought two of them, and I'm not a fan. I'd rather have Re- resin is its own beast. Yeah. You know, it's good for converting. Well, yeah, I've I have some uh, resin pieces that you know the uh, the Forge World guys. Yeah, Forge World. I got some Forge World stuff, and the thing I didn't like about it, I mean, the stuff looks great, but it doesn't glue on real well. It needs its own specific kind of epoxy glue too. Does it? Okay. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, it's like I say, it's it's its own beast, and it's it's cheaper. That's why companies you'll see a lot of smaller companies using resin because it's cheaper. Like Mantic Games, I think. Uses. Yeah, Mantic Games uses a lot. Their shit is awesome. I mean, I like their undead. I'm not a big fan. Of Maybe we're stuff. thinking of something different. I'm thinking of the Mike McVeigh stuff. But uh, no, like as far as detail goes, you can get a lot of really good detail more so than you can with plastic, and it's a lot cheaper than running metal. But they're still pricing it the same. As no, the metal stuff. Yeah. Well, Games Workshop stuff is more now. Yeah, the uh-huh. yeah because they're kind of advertising it as the premier line, right? But people are still going to buy it. Well, yeah, that's and that kind of boggles. That's one thing that's boggled my mind over the years running a shop and then being just an outside observer about how people continue to go with Games Workshop when there are other alternatives out there. Sure. We, we, we just kind of keep, we collectively, I guess you should say, kind of keep going and patron, patroning Games Workshop. I, I don't understand. Isn't it a uh, kind of a status game? A bit. 
it's kind of, it was for the longest time it was the status quo game it was the premier tabletop miniature skirmish right if you weren't doing like uh like historical type minis right well i i know that you know if if you want to play let's say at a games day or something like that your army has to be it's a three color minimum paint standard but does it all have to be games workshop yeah. yes yeah. well it's yeah. got to be like yeah. 75 percent base like you can do conversions but it's got to be based off of so, but you know what's the name mini? of the like not the where you can buy a like a captain or something like that it's a different company but it's the yes i know who you're talking about avatars yeah. of war avatars of war yeah right. for fantasy yeah oh. avatars of war so yeah beautiful I think yes. they are blood bowl tournament we were in at gen con had to be all games workshop no so. um no, no but the one they were they were that was the unofficial but they were going to oh. run the chaos cup in chicago that was official okay yeah. yeah so you can you can do conversions of existing minis but you couldn't bring an avatar of war as your you know champion empire champion no you could you just hope they don't see it well yeah <laughs> but what are the odds of that you got people standing around watching you game somebody's gonna fucking i have around. a ruler your mini is 0.2 millimeters taller than should be the mini gestapo yes <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but you know that like mike said it's a status thing you know you got a whole art you it's the the biggest you know cock in the walk it's that's the game that people play if you you know trying to find somebody who plays war gods or find somebody who plays you know some other you know, other skirmish game or whatever it's not as easy although well, war machine war is, machine yeah, is getting one, war machine is pretty the big, big contender and i'm i hope like well because there is no gw presence at games workshop officially Wait a minute. They, you mean at Gen Con? Yeah, I'm sorry, at, at Gen Con. Right. But you notice who has the biggest fucking line every year is Privateer Press. Yeah. Right. Because right. they they do a launch every year at, yeah. at, at Gen Con. Well, they Con. figured out that if Games Workshop's not going to be there, they're going to fill that gap. Well, and, game, and this is the kind of competition that we need for Games Workshop to stop these horrible practices that they do. Right. The, my... my my main point of contention has oh, with Games Workshop has always been I've, I've been an Eldar player since since day one. They just refuse to finish the line of miniatures. Well, yeah, it's editions come and right. go, and you've never they've never finished the line of miniatures. I think we've gotten pretty close right now, but it has taken in, in my gaming years over almost twenty years yeah. for them to do it, and that's fucking ridiculous. Well, and then you've got the whole codexes becoming obsolete and things like that. I mean, it's what? it's it's by design. They they do this with every edition. They they pick their armies that they're going to support marines right. being always being the one right and and if you're one of these peripheral armies you, you're not going to get fleshed out you're right. ju- it's just not going to happen uh, way back in the day when i was still playing i, was, I had an lr army and easily half the codex was unavailable i think yeah, the it was most of the good shit from the codex was unavailable it was like i waited years for bright lances and they never fucking made them you would have waited a long time yeah <laughs> i think the entire lr codex is out now it is i think officially now but there are still other things that you can get in the codex that they don't really make official miniatures for like the Exodites. Oh yeah, you know the quote unquote kind of pirate themed corsair oh, right, style right, Eldar right. army, right? And some of these some of these other variants. But like I say, it, it has taken them twenty years, and that's because they didn't really add anything to the codex. These were things that you could have played in second edition, and we're on now fifth, going into sixth. Whereas you have the have the our good old fashioned ultramarines are always being updated and well, yeah. always getting new shit. Hell, there was there was two uh, Space Marine uh, codexes like almost back-to-back. Kind of, yeah. Because they released the Space Marine uh, codex and then the Dark Angel codex came out, came out and they did the whole, what do they call it, the squad, where you can break the squads up. Yeah. Combat squads. Combat squads. And then all of a sudden, 
sudden, it seemed like just like less than a year later, another codex came out for Space Marines. Yep. That's, uh, they haven't figured out that the reason people play ultramarines or play marines it's it's kind of the the tail wagging the dog you know they if they would make if they would flesh out these other armies in the same way that they do marines they would sell just as well but they don't have to no exactly they don't have to that's what all of this gets down to is games workshop only does whatever the fuck they want to do they don't give a shit about their their players they certainly don't (laughs) give a shit about third-party shops oh no they've all but said that yeah well what do they call those the uh, their official shops (laughs) they're they're Uh, like the bunkers or something yeah they've, they've even closed a bunch of those yeah yeah, Not to mention armor. stuff you you know you can't uh, you can't have a cart a, a virtual online cart on a website that's not a Games Workshop you can't purchase oh. Games Workshop through a cart online unless it's through Games Workshop and it's yeah. there there are many many theories to how to conduct business and uh, theirs I feel is just not very consumer oriented well it's because they they honestly feel like we have the best of the best. And you either play play the best or you play something lesser than us. I have a question. Is Game Moves Workshop mostly England-based? And yeah, it was the, when I was playing. The corporate headquarters is Yeah, is but there's a, there's a factory here in America. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying it seems like we're, we, all, we all whine and bitch over here in other countries, but are, are they more uh, friendly to their home base is what I'm saying. Are Over in Europe, are they well, I've heard the only game in town? You know what I mean? I've heard they're pretty big. They're pretty big in uh, England. I've the analogy I've heard is they're like Starbucks over there. Their Games Workshop. There there are quite a few, but the one thing you got to take into account is how how big is England? Like Mm -hmm. the the country, it's not much larger than the state of Illinois. I think it's smaller than the state of Illinois. Right. So you know their their company headquarters, they have a lot of shit crammed into quote unquote maybe a state's worth of size, whereas we have this gigantic landmass. Landmass, and they just kind of said, "Well, no, we can't really support all this through their own means of how they conduct business." So they cut a bunch of shops, and but they hate that, Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but Australia that, loves them. But what if that small English population of Games Workshop buyers is more rabid than American? No, I saw there was a statistic: the United States alone is like eighty-five percent of all their sales. All right. It's mm. it, it it's uh, I'm sure that is incorrect, but it is a large a larger percentage, and eighty percent of all statistics are made up. <laughs> well, this is true, but I think that was that was like one of their that that was something official from them that's been mm. some time ago. It just seems like the the English fans seem to be a lot more rabid about it than than American fans. So they're English forty k hooligans. I think oh, most are, that's they, they beat yeah. the crap out of uh, Reaper Minis guys. <laughs> well, I don't know if they go that far, but it, they, they certainly take it very seriously, you know. And they, they they love what they love, and that's you know that's commendable. But I, I think here in America, people have more of an apathetic sensibility about no. And uh, you know, when it comes to minis, you get to a point where it's like, am I going to still spend more money on this game? Yeah, you know, especially as infrequently as we play. You know, as like, I, I always used to say before, because unfortunately, I'm the one who got everybody in it uh i said i always said it was a long-term hobby and, and, it, and it is a long-term hobby especially if you're gonna if you're gonna paint but but for me personally lately it's gotten to the point where i a yes i, I do get to play so infrequently I, I ask myself well is games workshop even the right fit for me anymore right we've because had a discussion too how you know how large the armies are and, right. and how how expensive it is and things have just escalated because now you have they're the, making them bigger yeah they yeah. want you to buy more you get the bane blades and the, the whole apocalypse dan i've never even played you though 
It's not as fun as you would think. That's not that, that's not uh, I'd like uncommon. To see, I don't remember the last time Dan played. Right. I'd like to Neither see uh, Eldar versus Eldar. Oh, we could do that. Mm, sounds like a porn. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hot Eldar and Eldar porn. <laughs> so, okay, well. Eldrod Ultron. But we have... And uh, the Vatria. Jacking them off. <laughs> we've been uh, playing quite a bit of uh, Warhammer Fantasy lately. And I've found that I think I prefer Warhammer Fantasy to 40K because of the magic system, because of the like the old school rank and file movement system, things like that. I, I find that other than the skirmish rules and, yeah. and things like that, I, I, I just find that more appealing. I guess it's as I've gotten older, I've kind of looked back at that kind of thing as, you know, this is kind of a nostalgic way to play. You know, Well, game. I mean, their, their rule sets... Um, are very different. There, it, it's yeah. a it, you need a different mindset. Uh, that's that's kind of how you can run two different. You know, you can run a fantasy army and you can run a forty k army and you not feel like getting burnt out right, because they are two, so different, two separate things. But and I always kind of thought that it, you, it always felt to me, and I know it's not the case that you got more for your money in fantasy because you're using these larger quantities of troops, which in the end is a little bit cheaper, but you're getting more. I know you're spending you're the same about amount. like model count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. It just felt like it, I was getting more for my money. I think it used to be that way, but have you seen some of the prices? I know. My other problem with GW... They're charging like $40 for 10 models now. Yeah. Or the new fine cast uh, Blood Dragons are like 90 bucks yeah. for five. And they're gorgeous. Yeah. Make no mistake. So, and you know, the and the other thing that is tricky is the, the bigger these armies get, uh, the more space you have to take up in your in your house or wherever you stay and then you have to cart that shit that that everywhere that has always been my biggest gripe about playing the game is the setup and the teardown yeah you know what i've actually done now i there's a uh place called kng magnets that i got these ultra fucking powerful miniature magnets yeah the little neodyte magnets yes and i glued them to the bottom of my entire fantasy army and i have them all and then i took uh washers and i put them on my movement trays and now they are all magnetized and that's the only way to do it and i can put them like a i could get like a dish like a like a carrying tray like a serving tray i could put them all on there i could put that in my car and not one of them fuckers is going to fall down yeah and you almost have to because the, they're plastic and they the, you they just tip over tip over so easily uh, this is kind of my thing was you know back when back when i again when i still used to play the the damned avatar the eldar avatar every time you glued that motherfucker's hair on top of his head and then got him to the shop where you were going to play the shit was falling off again that's why i clipped it off and i remodeled his head so i'd have no hair yeah. i did the same thing hey, the, and the, the avatar is another perfect example of i guess my my deep-rooted uh, hatred for the game that i love which is kind of bizarre <laughs> is the avatar the is the flagship model for the army that didn't get updated for almost 20 years mm. and it's a terrible fucking model it's just awful Go buy the Forge World one. Yeah, exactly. You had to. I mean, in only that came about, you know, maybe five or six years ago. Yeah. You know, they just refused to give any love to any of these peripheral, their, their own IP, I guess. Right. So we were talking about uh, status armies and things like that. I was looking at my um, my Dark Angels, and uh, Aaron was trying to convince me to sell him his uh, or him my uh, Dark Angels, and I was telling Dan, uh, you know, I'm th- thinking about selling my, or trading my Dark Angels, and you were like, you have all all that Forge World shit. And I got to thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, I do have all this Forge World stuff and no one's ever going to see it. You know, I've got all this stuff. I probably spent a few hundred dollars, you know, several. Just on shoulder pads. Uh, just on shoulder pads yeah. <laughs> that no one is ever going to see. You got to play them bitches. Well, no, it's because no. they made the worst army 
to date, which is the Dark Angels. They're just fucking terrible. They're unplayably terrible. Well, yeah. They, you know, I mean, I understand there, there's a difference between playing for fun and playing to win, but you don't want to you don't want to lose all the fucking time and lose all the time because right. of through no fault of your own, just because they wrote a bad rule system, which they seem to consistently do here lately. Yeah, the the uh, Deathwing Terminators are, are you might as well not even fucking take them. Yeah, they're a joke for 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 the, as, as elite as they're in, supposed in that, to be. In that codex, you pay twice as much point wise than anybody else. Right. You know, for, just for the so, exact just same so thing. I can I could deep strike in round one. Right, which doesn't really do you any good. You're just going to get shot the fuck on round two. But you're going to get a new codex with sixth edition. Oh, sure, yeah, you're going to get a new codex yeah. that, that may or may not work with whatever they do with the rules in sixth edition. And the and thing, thing about every time there's a new codex comes out, there's always the wow factor of ooh, this is cool. Ooh, this is cool. Then you realize, wait a minute, they took this away from me. Yeah, they took that away. from They me. give you a bunch of cool stuff so that you have to buy new things. And is, do they do this intentionally because of? They, they, I've always heard that they they always try to uh, nerf two powerful teams and you know, you know uh, armies and things like that. It was they, always my experience that they did their best to nerf anything that wasn't a space marine. Kind of. <clears throat> well, here, here, I don't know. What I saw with the Tyranids was they nerfed every, something everybody had, like the Carnifexes, and then made you buy the new Trigons. Ah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the main problems I've always thought myself has been they've never had a, a dedicated team for rules. They say... Hey, it's your job. You know, go Jer- off. Jervis, go write another. Yeah. Book. Well, yeah. That was before. I'm trying to. Th- I can't think well, of they're uh, miniatures company. They're not really a game company. Is I think well, how that's look that's at how it. that's that that to me has always been a bullshit argument because you are making war game miniatures and you are making war game rules. The rules had better be fucking good. Right. Hire somebody who can fucking write. You know, but you know, they say, you you go take the Eldar Codex, you write the Space Marine Codex, and you go off and do this other thing, and you right. you go write the core rules. And right. it's like these teams never got together and brainstormed together, hey, what does and does not work for this system? By the way, this is the Knock on Games Workshop session. <laughs> well, I, I, there's everybody that I know of throughout my entire GW playing career has a love-hate relationship with right. them. When it's not like we're going to stop. Right, exactly. That's you know. that's why I have three fucking armies. Right. You know, not a goddamn one of them painted. But that's a, that's <laughs> the whole other thing. Even though the Blues keep losing, they're still the home team. <laughs> this might be a good time for me to jump in on all my uh, notes here. Yeah, the history Mike of Wargaming. Notes. Yes, all this gripe about Games Workshop, you can probably blame on Gary Gygax. We can blame everything on Gygax in one way or another. <laughs> no. all, all, is that the all roads lead to Rome argument? Can I find a way to blame it on R.A. Salvatore? That would make uh, me really happy. This may sure be the one are. thing you can't. Yeah. You can blame R.A. Salvatore on Gary Gygax. Yeah, yeah I probably could. Can I? As you may or may not know, Gary Gygax was a war gamer. He had published a war gaming rule set called Chainmail. Uh, it was published from 71 to 85. Um, they published it that long? Yeah, it, was, it went through, I think, three editions. Yeah. And uh, then it morphed, long story short, it just morphed into the rules for D&D. Yeah, because they started telling stories of, like, the captains of their units and right. stuff like that. So then uh, when TSR started concentrating on role-playing games, um, instead of wargaming minis, that's when 
almost exactly the year Games Workshop stepped in and filled the void. Citadel Miniatures started. Right. Yeah, yeah. Is the, I, I have a vague memory now of an old Star Wars minis game that I never played because I could never. Find, I, I occasionally found minis for it. You talk about pewter minis. Yeah, that yeah. Would be I have a couple worth of them. looking into. Yeah, I, because I, I originally GW Games Workshop kind of it, it was Citadel Miniatures, right. and they just made miniatures, and there was no game attached right. to it. Right, long, long, long time. Ago. Now TSR didn't give up on war gaming, no. Uh, right from eighty five to eighty nine, they came out with Battle System, which you was, and Brian used the Battle System a uh, lot. I still you? use the Battle System counters to this day. You know, oh, is that what those gaming. little chits are? Right. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was compatible with Advanced D anD D and Basic at the same time, but it never really caught on because I think it was running at the same time as Games Workshop stuff. So uh, for whatever reason, it never really caught on. Fast forward to two thousand two. Uh, I guess that's when TSR became, uh, when D&D was bought by Wizards of the Coast. Then they started, uh, restarted Chainmail in 2002. I remember that, yeah. That line of minis vaguely resembled uh, Warhammer minis Ain't no me. vaguely about yeah. it. That, they started that when I was yeah. running the shop, and we, we got a yeah. bunch of these Chainmail units in. Mm-hmm. The dwarves looked mm-hmm. very suspicious. Yeah, they they all like... looked very suspicious. Yeah, it, yeah. uh... Yeah. And, and the rules were okay. And the setting was... Uh, on Greyhawk, believe it or not, Western Auric, which hmm. was not in the regular role-playing setting, it was set to the West, never really caught on. Well, by that time, GW had too, too strong of a, right. a, a foothold. So anyhow, that lasted a year before they canceled it. But almost immediately the next year, that's when D&D Minis started. The pre-painted plastic minis. Right. That that ran for a while. Too. Now, that, that's very hero clicks, right? right. Uh, yeah. Is all of of the same ilk, right? Yeah. Well, More yeah. Like Mage Knight. Okay, Mage Knight. That's a better. And they were collectible. That was their gimmick. So it's you're not so much getting armies now, you're collecting specific figures. So now you've gone from war gaming to more like skirmish game, I guess. And it well, was wildly. Was successful. there an actual rule set for that? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was it Mage Knight the predecessor to Heroclix? I think it. I think it was. Okay. Yeah, Mage Knight did well, and uh, it spun off a lot of these other, you know, like DC hero games. I remember Mage right. Knight was there when I was working at, at the shop, a separate shop from Dan. And we were like, "What, what is this Mage Knight shit?" We put him in the. In it the was thing like the third wave. Some. It was the third wave of collectible gaming, starting with, in my opinion, what started with Magic: The Gathering, moved on to the the insane Pokemon era. Pokemon kids kind of grew up, and they played Mage Knight. You forgot the Pogs, man. Oh, fuck Pogs. Fuck Pogs, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> There's a show title for you. Fuck Pogs. <laughs> to, fin- to finish this out real quick, uh, the D&D is wildly successful for both role-playing games and the wargaming right. skirmish games. Do we still use those to this day? Right. Yeah, totally non-representationally. And what I still can't figure out, though, is uh, they downsized... The, the line to only role players. They they ended the skirmish game and the and supporting the convention gaming in two thousand ten no wait two thousand eight and then a few years later uh, this year two thousand eleven they canceled the whole line. Yeah. So at their height, it smells like a they reboot. just got out of it. Yeah. I'm sure somebody did a, a cost benefit analysis and it, it wasn't profitable right. enough for I them. Think, statisticians ruin everything, man. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, Wizards now the only miniature type thing they have is Axis and Allies. Do they? It's, uh, they still have that, don't they? I 
Yes. I, Which I has taken every fiber of my will to not buy. Yeah. It looks I, nice, but I, I know. I, I know. It. I look it, at it, and I'm like, oh. And then there's the, could be the, great. Wait, are we talking about Flames of War? No, we're talking about Axis and Allies, but I was just about to mention sure. Flames of War. Well, let's that talk stuff. about some fucking Flames of War. Yeah, Flames that, of, that'll bring me out of some minis retirement. <laughs> well, that's a good question. What are we going to play now? What's our new game that yeah, we're going to do? I know see, you were talking about it the other day. See, the thing is, the first thing you need to understand is you'd never, ever, ever listen to Dan, because he's the one that does, oh, yeah, fuck, yeah, get the fantasy army, man, get a fantasy army. I've always been wanting to play a fantasy army, so I get a fucking fantasy army, and then I have to fucking convince other people to play. Mike deci- finally decides to play. How many armies do you have, Aaron? I have three now. Three oh. fucking, and how many does Dan have? Uh, that Count uh. is at zero. <laughs> Dan's wallet is strapped. Hey, I'm uh, I'm more than willing to uh, sell my Tau army to the guy over here. I'm just saying. <laughs> he talked us into uh, Blood Bowl, too. Yes. See, yes, and you all should praise me for that because it is the best. I I do still love Blood Bowl. I wish we would still play it, but it's just we haven't played it uh, even for fun since you guys had that. That's the the rumor for the specialist game this year, though, is Blood Bowl. I heard that, too. That they're going to I can see it. that. I think the timing is bad. They should have done something with that when they released the, uh, the Xbox 360 PC game. Yeah, which I just got on Steam for like seven dollars. It was well worth seven dollars. Is it the is it the one with all the the legendary edition? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's all minus one. One of my personal faves. No chaos dwarves. Oh, really? Because they're kind of a bullshit art team. But hey, you know, nah. I think I mean, that's the team that Scott plays. So yeah, it's probably bullshit. <laughs> well, you've got what? Uh, all you got, your hobgoblins you, are agility three, and yeah, they're yep. Yeah, the, you got f- quick enough guys. You got they're, they're, armored guys. They, they move the same as then, like regular people, right? Yes, they're they're baseline like it, like a human, yeah. you know. But uh, their big thing is they can have two semi big guys in the bull centaurs, which is really nice. They have a really good movement. Aren't the lizardmen like that though too? Lizardmen are a bullshit army. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, I'm what sorry. What are you talking about, man? Skeeks. They're, they're skinks not a bullshit awesome. army. They're a bullshit blood bowl team. There's, there's a difference here. Yeah, because the skinks, man, those things are fucking fast. Yes, they're too fast, and then they're backed up by guys that are just too goddamn strong. And don't <laughs> whine to me. They can't pick up the ball. Who the fuck cares? You know, it doesn't matter. Sauruses are not meant to pick up balls. That's yeah. like, uh, like like having uh, you want to talk about bullshit fucking uh, blood bowl team fucking ogres, man. Yes, bullshit team. I mean, that's re- although they, when they did Camry team bullshit. When they updated it uh, with what is it, Living Rulebook Four? I think it is where they took the uh, the ogre team and they changed it from oh from uh, goblins, goblins to, snotling. to snotlings. Yeah. Yes, oh, kind of yeah. It. I played the snotlings one time. It was fun. Yeah. Sure, they didn't never. They won. had because they, there was they're stunty and then they had it, it was even worse. What was it called? Oh, well, you got to roll I twice for their injuries or some ridiculous <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. But you got to have like three or four trolls. Yeah, well, that's like saying, yes, I may have a dinner plate full of poop, but I got a lot of it. I mean, <laughs> you know, more isn't always better. That's all I'm saying. But no, it brings up kind of kind of to to bring this back. It, Games Workshop has a bad reputation with their customer base. It's it's just a fact. They've been trying to remedy that the last couple of years. They put out press releases about why they're doing the things that they're doing. And we it's don't all, have enough money. It's it's <laughs> it's a lot of corporate doublespeak. Some of it's seems fairly genuine but it's created an environment where we do have some viable alternatives now right. the, the the main two that come to my mind are 
War Machine, which uh, we can get into, and Flames of War, yeah. uh, which really interests what me. What is this Flames of War of which you speak? Flames of War <laughs> is a 15-millimeter skirmish. World War II game. Where it's World War II era, um, whereas Games Workshop is a 28-32-millimeter right. size. And at War Machine is a more like Games Workshop in that it's a 28-32-millimeter, but it's mm-hmm. done on a skirmish size. But they're right. already, I mean, as a purely outside observer, it seems to me War Machine is already kind of doing the same Games Workshop creep where you need a little bit more, you need a little bit more kind of a right. thing. The War Machine's thing is... <laughs> but at least they offer you the ability to play right out of the box. You buy the starter box, you can play the 10 point... You sure can do that with Games Workshop too. You drop really? your $90 on a battle box, you can play that. It's not an <laughs> army, but you can play it. Oh. You know, I think, uh, like I say, I, I can't speak to War Machine. Everything I know about it is sort of kind of out, looking outside the box. It seems to me to be very combo card game oriented hmm. you know you have units that do specific things and they pair with certain units that do specific things i could be completely wrong yeah the game's all about it you don't cry broken because everything's broken right everything's broken compared to something else within the game yeah right That's but it's right. got a, it's got a lower model count they're not cheap no and yeah and i i think the what do they call them the jacks the the war, the war jacks because it's a it's essentially it's a steampunk game it, yeah it is and every time i'm like yeah man, man, let me get into that i look at the entire line of all their miniatures and think to myself it's still just not as good as gw yeah i, I understand it. i mean art is very subjective but in the same vein that uh, Games Workshop had their era where they wanted to do gothic and everything had like fucking books and chains and skulls and shit on it. They right. still do they, the skulls. They, they do. They, they paired it back. I mean, they, there's an ebb and a flow. But they, have you seen the new terrain they just put out? It's got skulls everywhere. Yes, they, well, they got that skull mold guy. They really working <laughs> under that. They, but they overpaid for that fucker War, and they're War getting machine, their money's worth. You know, War Machine kind of <laughs> does that with the the quote unquote steampunkiness. Like there's just just too goddamn many pipes <laughs> or you know? coils. Yeah, a lot of coils, and <laughs> I just look at it. There's no one line of miniatures that I can look at and say, "Man, you know that that is what will get me to play." Because that's why I picked Eldar. Have you, you checked the the hordes though? Because I I like the I know, hordes a lot better. Than I know. I, like the war I, but I whenever I say I looked at the whole line, I look at both sides. I look at War Machine and I look at hordes. I do tend to gravitate toward the hordes a little bit more, right. but you know, not not knowing enough about it, and I, you know, I can't say, "Hey guys, let's get into another fucking game that I'll get to play twice a year." Yeah, right? We'll hang you. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually looking, but Aaron and I were talking about, you know, hey, let's maybe we should get into some sort of a skirmish game or something like that, you know, that we could start playing. And I was looking into it, and uh, the miniatures that really catch my eye was the wild miniatures. The Mal, was it Malifaux? Malifaux. Malifaux. You see, that's yeah, that's uh, I would say that's the fourth up and comer, and that's that's gaining a lot it, of steam. It's an interesting game. Yeah, it, the very low model count, very uh, very but very, very strange, strange but beautiful miniatures. The problem is it's diceless. Hmm. But have you read the rules? Because I have, oh. and and it's very intriguing to me because it's uh, warm. Malifaux is very. Uh, this person is a person. Your miniature is an individual, and right. they have they have a stat line and they have powers and things that they can do. And you have actions. It's it's more of a bridge between a role playing game and a minis game, almost like the old uh, GW Inquisitor line. Kind of, yeah, kind of. Actually, the, sounds more like Necromunda to me. Here's the best analogy that I can give. <laughs> Malifaux is to role-playing as 4th edition is to miniatures, where 4th edition Something is kind of... the SATs. You know, 4th <laughs> edition is kind of a pretty good miniature skirmish game if you That's wanted to do it that way. Yeah. And Malifaux has some role-playing elements to it. 
in so the way. So how do you resolve actions? Rock, paper, scissors? It's a deck of cards. It's Mark's a deck of cards. It's not, but not it's playing. not, it's not like, it's, it's like a, a, a stand, not a standard deck of cards, but the, it's not like you, it's collectible card game. Right. right. No, no, no. It's like a standard deck of 52 and like your, just to kind of layman's it, the cards you pull, those are the dice that you've thrown. Hmm. But rather than using dice, it's using cards. But the, the two of them are basically identical. They're a means to an end to a number. That has we need to use those rules for uh, Wild West. <laughs> Perfect. A lot, lot simpler, I think. Yeah. I had a, you were talking about Infinity, too, Eric. Yeah, Infinity looks nice. That's the uh, one that looks very anime. Yeah. The, the line of miniatures, I subscribe to the feed of the, the guy who paints for them. The guy's phenomenal. It's, it's all gorgeous work. And they put out a lot of stuff, and it's fairly cheap. I have a line of minis I'd like to bring up. Uh, War Games Foundry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my dreams, I don't even know if they have, they must have some kind of rules that go with them. Because it's historical minis? They actually sell, uh, it's a Warhammer. Warhammer branded. Yeah, it's a yeah. Warhammer branded uh, historical miniature game. Wow. Yeah, there are a lot. See, whenever you get into historicals, you have companies that make miniatures, and then you have this completely other company that that makes rules, and they just say, you know, you supplies whatever miniatures you've got. It doesn't matter. Yeah, my dream is to have one of their uh, Roman armies. It's like historically accurate looking, you know. I do remember. It's it's similar to this, and and I I wish I had better pictures of it, but um, the War Gods, Peter Paul, the Age of Egypt disguise. Right. When when 300 came out, they did a full 32-millimeter Spartan army, 300 of them, and I about came in my pants. It was so fucking gorgeous. <laughs> wow. It was, oh, it was a go good. So, but yeah, Reaper, uh, they have, do they have a skirmish game for their stuff? Yeah, it's yeah. called Warlord. Yeah. Warlord, okay. Yeah. yeah, right. I think a lot of the minis I use in my elf army are Warlord minis, too. Why didn't we look at Warlord for a skirmish game if we are going to look into it? It's not skirmishes. I thought it was big battle, like, I, I think it's scalable fantasy. from what I've seen. Skirmish-wise, we used to do Mordheim. Mordheim, yeah. That was always fun. I, I agree. Games Workshop shines in the in the in their per, the quote-unquote specialist games, the peripheral ones, like Blood Bowl. Necromanda, Which they don't fucking Mordheim. support anymore. No, they, they make it, and you might get a expansion, and that's that. Yeah. You know, And I, sometimes that's kind of a good thing, because they can't screw it up more. Well, yeah. And like like Blood Bowl, they, the living rulebook was essentially just a, a labor of love. That, you know. Yeah, that was fan-driven. Yeah. Uh, Jervis wrote it, but Jervis – well, actually now, like the main ones are the guys who ran the tournament in uh, at, at Gen Con. They were the ones kind of spearheading. They were That was like the main play test for that edition of rules. I don't remember if that was, that was three, five, or four. That was probably four, I think. Yeah, but the, a lot of those are, are, are fan-driven rules. Right. So you're, you're okay with playing fan-driven miniature – stuff but fan games and things like that you're no. we're talking about a, a rule system that's being play tested to better the game i see what you're saying you know what i'm saying yeah. yeah i mean to me there that that's that's different that's a company taking feedback from the people who play the game and picking and choosing which which parts are are good and which aren't right it's not just fan fiction right it, yeah thank god <laughs> <laughs> and on fan fiction <laughs> that's my new goal we're going to end on fan fiction for every episode <laughs> somehow mentions fan fiction and we're done it's like the hot word. We're out. All right. So, well, thanks for joining us this week, and uh, we'll see you next time. Follow us on Twitter. We are at Gamerstable, and like us on Facebook. You have been listening to Gamerstable, brought to you by Side Tangent Productions. Visit us at www.gamerstable.com. Products and intellectual properties discussed during this podcast are the properties of their respective owners. This production is for entertainment purposes only. 
Any commercial broadcast is prohibited without the express consent from Side Tangent Productions.